So you're home, you're disabled, or maybe the pandemic has your home, or maybe you're unemployed. How do you spend your day? We're going to discuss that today on An Apple A Day. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. How you making out getting your medications? You still getting them delivered or are you going to the pharmacy to get them? Hey, if you're going to the pharmacy, please make sure to wear your mask. How you making out with your therapy? You still doing your therapy at home? You going to the clinic to do your therapy? How's that working out for you? Here's just a word of advice for those that are going to the clinic to do therapy or going to a gym to work out. I'd be wearing latex gloves. People sweat when they're on the machines or on the pull-up bars or on the weights, whatever. They sweat. Their hands sweat. I wouldn't take the chance. I'd be wearing latex gloves. The other thing that I would bring in my gym bag is a canister of bleach wipes just to wipe down the machines before I get on it. I'm sure the people at the clinic or at the gym, they wipe it down. But for me, I want to make sure it's wiped down. So I would do it myself. I'm not slamming anybody, but just my own peace of mind. I want to make sure it's wiped down. But that's me. It's just a suggestion. And if anyone rolls their eyes, hey, it's your health. It's your life. Like I said, it's just a suggestion. Whether you do it or not, that's up to you. We have got a good one for you today. You know, when you become disabled or you're home, you kind of fall into this funk. You know, you're disabled. You don't feel good. Uh, You're stuck. You feel like you're stuck. And when you're disabled, you feel like you become a prisoner in your own home. And you've just lost all oomph, for lack of a better word, to do anything. So what do you do? You end up laying around watching TV 24 hours a day. No, that's not the way it is. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And what happens is you end up gaining weight. And when you gain weight, you end up becoming diabetic. You end up losing muscle tone. You end up just losing a lust for life. You become depressed. Trust me, I know because I've been through it. And that's what I want to share with you today. It You have to keep going. Even though you're disabled, it doesn't mean your life is over. It doesn't mean you have a foot in the grave. And that's the mindset of a lot of people. And it's also the same thing for people who are unemployed or the people that get quarantined or the people that during the pandemic that are home. You have to keep going. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Keeping going, keeping a normal ritual. It's so important. It's so, so important. And we also have an update on COVID, unfortunately, but I want to keep you in the loop. Definitely, no matter what. So let's sit back, relax, and let's get going here. Let's begin with this update about COVID-19 and the Delta variant from August 2nd from the CDC. 
CDC urges Americans not to travel to Greece, Ireland or the U.S. Virgin Islands over the very high COVID risk. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention tacked on 16 more countries, including Greece, Ireland and the U.S. Virgin Islands, to its growing list of places Americans should not travel because of a very high COVID-19 risk. The destinations were added to the agency's highest warning level 4 list on Monday. The other countries added to the advisory include Andorra, Curaçao, Gibraltar, Guadeloupe, Iran, Isle of Man, Kazakhstan, Lesotho, Libya, Malta, Martinique, St. Barthélemy and St. Martin. Americans are being urged to avoid travel to those destinations or be fully vaccinated if it is essential. Destinations are added to the list if they have more than 500 cases per 100,000 residents in the last 28 days, according to the CDC. Non-citizens have been unable to enter the U.S. from some of the additional 16 destinations, including Ireland and Greece, since March 2020 when travel bans were first put in place. About 90 countries are currently included on the CDC's list due to surging COVID-19 cases. The White House said last week there were no plans to lift travel restrictions for non-citizens amid rising cases due to the Delta variant. We will maintain existing travel restrictions at this point for a few reasons. The more transmissible Delta variant is spreading both here and around the world, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said at her July 26 press briefing. Driven by the Delta variant, cases are rising here at home particularly among those who are unvaccinated, and appear likely to continue in the weeks ahead. The restrictions are being extended even as many countries relax their own rules to allow U.S. citizens to visit following widespread vaccination. As we continue to get updates here at Annapolis a Day, we will share them with you. It's not a pleasant story, folks, but it's something that we have to keep abreast of. All right, let's move on. start this section off by saying if you have a disability if you became disabled recently you are not a prisoner in your house you're not stuck in bed and that's the biggest misconception not only by able-bodied people but by the person who has the disability themselves and that happens to people who become newly disabled all the time and it happened to you and it happened to me and it happens to everybody when you first end up with a disability the first thing you think is oh my god my life is over i'm stuck in the house now i can't go out i'm stuck in bed for the rest of my life whether you're on workers comp or you're on social security disability you think this is it i'm stuck no more And you're afraid to even smile. That's how bad it is. And tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. Because you think people are following you. Once you have a disability, you become paranoid. You think there's people looking around every corner, that there's somebody out in a car taking pictures of you if you smile. And you exaggerate. You exaggerate your disability. You know it's true. You walk out of the house and just say you have a problem with your back or with your leg. You exaggerate. When you come out, you're, oh, it's so hard to walk, can't bend, I can't do this, I can't do that. And you you become very theatrical. 
because you're afraid someone's taking pictures or someone's going to see you. And if you smile, oh, it can't be that bad. Look, he's smiling or she's smiling or she took that step without wincing. I'm telling you, it's, it's a paranoia that every person, when they're newly disabled, when they first have a disability, they go through it. It's, a, it's something that goes through your mind because you become afraid. Because now they've already told you you can't go back to work. And if you lose your Social Security disability payment or your workers' comp payment, you have no money, you can't go back to work, what are you going to do? So now you're, you're sitting on pins and needles. God forbid you lose this money. God forbid you lose the insurance. What happens, right? So this is a big worry on your head. So now you start being theatrical. Now, for example, I had to go to the doctor this morning, wound care. And you could tell this fellow that came into wound care, he's new. He, he's new. I've never seen him there before. But now I've been disabled for a number of years. And... The doctors know when you're exaggerating. I knew he was exaggerating, <laughs> but he's coming in. This guy looked like he just walked off the battlefield, not by his wounds, but by the way he was acting. And But you can tell by the body language, the way he sat down. Oh, my God. I felt bad for him, and I was in a wheelchair. I felt bad for him. <laughs> I was going to get up and say, here, sit here. But he sat down. But then... You can tell by the body language. Once he sat down and went through that act, the way he moved while he was sitting down, you knew it wasn't as bad as, as he was making it. But in his head, I'm not calling the guy a liar, trust me, but in his head, it was as bad as he was making it look. In his head. Physically, I don't think it was. But in his head, he thought it was. But he was doing all of this because mentally, he, he was afraid someone was watching him. And if he doesn't act like that, they're going to think it's not as bad as it is. I know it. It sounds like convoluted or whatever, but you all know what I'm talking about. Anyone that's been disabled for any length of time knows exactly what I'm talking about. In the beginning, you're so afraid that they're going to take away your benefits. You think people are looking around the corner. You're worried that neighbors are going to report you if you smile, if you laugh. It's, it's a scary thing mentally. You know, people think, well, you're disabled and that should be the hard part. And it is. Being disabled, having a, having a disability is hard enough. You, you become your own worst enemy mentally because you start worrying about other people are thinking. And you get, you get some really, I don't, I'm trying to think of a pleasant way to put it, but real whack jobs that think for some reason you're scamming the system. Every, you've seen these people. They, they have nothing better to do but to mess with other people. But thankfully, they're few and far between. But they'll, they'll look to report people that they think are scamming the system. And in a way, that's good. If they see somebody that's scamming the system, I want them to report it. But anyhow, in our own mind, sometimes we, we feel like people are just watching us all the time. And if we don't look like we're in pain all the time, we're afraid that they're going to say, well, he's a liar or she's a liar. So... Not only are we dealing with physical pain, we're dealing with mental pain too about this. Until eventually we calm down. But in the beginning, it's very rough. Because we feel that we're stuck. That we've been handed a life sentence. And if we happen to find a way to maybe enjoy something in life, we're doing something wrong. And nothing could be further from the truth. 
for all those that are new at this. You're not a prisoner. You're not chained to a bed. You're not locked in your house. You're allowed to go out. Now, I just want to clear something up because every couple of months, I get emails from people and they'll be like, Jimmy, can I go out and buy a motorcycle? What are you asking me for? (laughs) You need my permission to go out and buy a motorcycle? Well, I'm on disability and they say I have a bad back. Look, don't ask me. I'm not going to help you cheat disability. I hate people who cheat the Social Security program. Don't come to me and ask me how you can cheat. I don't cheat. I hate cheaters. If you want to know if you can have a motorcycle and ride a motorcycle, ask your doctor. I'm not your doctor. I'm not a lawyer. Ask your doctor. I had one guy ask me. He says, I'm on disability because I blew out some vertebrae or something like that in his back. He says, and I can get a job off the books doing roofing. Do you think I should take it? I said, are you nuts? Ask your doctor. Don't ask me. Well, he writes me back. He says, but it's off the books. I said, but why are you asking me? I'm not your doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask your lawyer. I never heard from him again. You know, I don't like cheaters. I don't like cheaters. Because people that, treat, people that rip off the system hurt people like you, me, and people that really need the system. I've said this a million times on this podcast. I hate cheaters. Cheaters are thieves. And they, they think, well, it's, it's a harmless thing. You know, it's not going to hurt anybody. It hurts the people that really need the system. But that's that. What I'm going to tell you is the things that you should do. If you're home, if you're home on disability or you're home on workers' comp, there's certain things that you should do every day. And I kid you not, you know, the last thing you need to do is sit home and veg out. That's the last thing you need to do because you're never going to get better. You're never going to at least plateau out where you're still able to move. Because if you sit home and do nothing, sit home, do nothing, sit in front of the TV, you might as well just have someone deliver a coffin to your house, lay in the coffin, watch TV until your eyes shut. But if you're going to be home and on disability or on workers' comp, the first thing you got to remember, and this is very important, trust me, personal hygiene. You got to remember, have you ever walked into somebody's house who doesn't take a shower? My God. Have you ever walked into a house where there's a new baby and the baby's always messing the diaper? Yeah, you know the smell. Well, (laughs) or a baby who's always messing the diaper and they have three cats. You know that smell. Picture this. Picture a grown person who hasn't taken a shower for a month. Picture that smell. So hygiene is very important. Make sure that you wash every day, okay? Now, this is a list. I did this in the very beginning of the podcast when we first started. But this is a list, and it's worth repeating for people that are just going on to disability or just on workers' comp. Number one, keep normal hours. Get up the same time you always got up in the morning. If you got up every day at 8 o'clock, get up every day at 8 o'clock still. When you wake up, get dressed. Get washed and get dressed. Don't sit around all day in your pajamas. Nothing will depress you more than it be 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you're still in your pajamas. Take your meds. Make sure you take your meds when you wake up. The way to prescribe by your doctor, make sure you take your meds. When you're up, make your bed. You don't want to have your bed open and ready for you to climb back into. Make your bed. So you get up in the morning, you get washed, 
you get dressed, you take your medication, you make your bed, eat breakfast. Now I'm talking about a regular breakfast. I'm not talking about pizza from the night before. I'm not talking about potato chips and pretzels. I'm talking about eggs, cereal, whatever your doctor recommends you eat for breakfast, that's what you eat for breakfast. Now, go about your go about your morning, whatever you do. If you read the paper, read the paper. Go outside, get some fresh air. If the doctor allows you to drink coffee, drink some coffee. Just go about a regular morning. Don't go parking your butt in front of the TV and watching Leave it to Beaver or whatever you watch. Don't do that. Go outside, get some fresh air in your lungs. All right? At lunchtime, eat a normal lunch. Again, Skip the ice cream, skip the potato chips, skip the pretzels, eat a normal lunch. After lunch, you want to watch a little bit of TV? Fine. Read a book. You got a hobby? Do a hobby. You got a, you got a couple of friends? Give them a call. Talk to people. Socialize a little bit. Get the mail. Read the mail. Get some air in you. Don't, don't, be, don't be sitting in the house. You got a front porch? Sit on the front porch, front stoop. Sit on the back porch. Put a chair out in front of the apartment building. Sit out there. Whatever you got to do, just get out of the house. Open the windows in the house. Get some fresh air in there. Now, remember this. Meals don't include chips, candy, snack snack goods, etc. You know, don't spend your day grazing through the house. In other words, don't keep on hitting the pantry for snacks. Don't, you know, don't keep a candy bar in your pocket. Because I'm going to tell you something. When when I first became disabled, I couldn't walk. And my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, I loved that woman. She used to come over every day. And she would sit with me and we'd talk. And I would do my exercise. I had the therapist come into the house and stuff like that. But after the therapist left, my mother-in-law would break out a box of Ventimin donuts. And we'd sit and we'd talk. And, oh, it's the box of chocolate Ventimin donuts every day. Every day. And to make a long story short, I used to lift weights when I was younger. And I know the day that I got hurt, I weighed 217 pounds just because I weighed myself every day. Well, when I finally was able to get up and walk for the first time, I weighed, I hope you're sitting down, I weighed 396 pounds. I shit you not, 396 pounds. People were bringing me chocolate shakes. They were bringing me the Entenmann's donuts, candy, you name it. I had it coming in. My, my biggest weakness was York peppermint patties. And I was getting them by the dozen, sometimes the baker's dozen, you know, the 13. And on top of that, I smoked. And I got up to like... I hate to admit this, I got up to almost five packs a day out of boredom. And it was killing me. Slowly but surely, it was killing me. And I kept on saying, I'm not gaining weight. I'm not gaining weight. And here I was parked on the couch like Shamu the whale. And when I got up and I wanted to put on clothes, I didn't have an item of clothing that would fit me. My wife had to go out and buy clothes. And I went from wearing a large to wearing 5X. You don't want that to happen to you. I was also diagnosed shortly thereafter with type 2 diabetes. And to this day, I still have diabetes. As a matter of fact, 
my diabetes is so much so that I am now on an insulin pump because of that. You don't want that to happen. Believe me, you need the exercise. And that's all. The, the only reason I have that, I'm the only one in my family to ever have diabetes. And that's all from that. That's all from that, from eating, no exercise. Believe me, you don't want it. It's a terrible, horrible disease. And that's part of the reason that my leg was amputated. You don't want diabetes. Trust me. I have, to, I have a pump that I have to wear 24 hours a day pumping insulin into me. Trust me when I say you don't want that. The fresh air and the exercise are so important. So important. Please make sure you get it. Limit your TV and play video games. Something that's interactive. To sit there and stare at a TV, you become numb. You become numb. I'm not, you know, blasting TV and saying it's terrible. But you become numb if you sit there and that's all you do. At least video games is interactive. Read. Read a book. Again, it makes your mind think. It makes your mind work. Reading a book or read a Kindle. Make some phone calls. Call people. Interact with people. Get on the computer. Join a chat group. You can come to our chat group at famousapple.com forward slash group. Or you can go over to Aaron Fernandez's page at famousapple.com forward slash that disabled vegan gal. A lot, of, a lot of chats going on there. A lot of friendly people on both boards. But interact with people. Don't close yourself off. Now, this is the most important thing. You're on disability and you're saying, well, I don't have a job anymore. Let me tell you what your job is on disability. Your job is to get better. Your job, and this might be harder than any other job you've ever had. Your job is to go to all your doctor's appointments. And why is that harder? Because what happens is you're home. And again, a lot of you guys out there know what I'm talking about. You're home and all of a sudden a doctor's appointment pops up. And now you have to go to it. But it's in the middle of the day. It's not at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's not at 5 o'clock in the evening. It's at, say, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Boy, does that suck, right? It's in the middle of the day. So you really can't plan anything in the morning. And you really can't plan anything in the afternoon because you don't know what time you're going to get back. It's in the middle of the day. But that's your job. You have to take care of your health. You're the one who's responsible for your health. So you have to go to the doctor. I can't tell you how many people I, I hear say, oh, they blew the doctor off. What the hell kind of sense does that make? You're disabled. You have a disability. And you blew the doctor off? And then you'll come crying when Social Security sends out that three-year report. How many times have you been to the doctor? And you sit back and you think, oh, man, it's been three years. I've only went to the doctor twice. And then Social Security calls you in for a hearing. You have to go to the doctor. That's your job. If you're going to therapy, you have to go to therapy every day or every other day. Whatever the schedule is, you have to go there. There is no reason for you to call off therapy. You may not want to go because of the time that it comes up. But <laughs> that's the time it came up, though. You have to keep up with your schedule and your medication. You can give all the excuses under the sun. Believe me, I have, but there's no reason to skip your medication. I take a water pill. <laughs> Believe me, in a wheelchair, if you take a water pill, you all know what a water pill does to you. It's not the easiest thing 
get from be in a wheelchair, get to the bathroom, get off the wheelchair, get onto the get onto the bathroom before the water pill really kicks in. But you have to do it. You have to you have to you have to do it. If you have to take a water pill, you take the water pill. It's not easy having a disability. Having a disability and being home is not a vacation. Contrary to what a lot of people think. People look at us and they say, Oh, it's like being on vacation. Oh, you think so? <laughs> it's far from being on vacation. If this is a vacation, I don't want it. But trust me, you have to you have to follow a regimen. Don't just sit around. Don't just be idle. There's no time to be idle. I you may never recuperate completely with your disability. I know I won't. I know I can't they can't repair what's wrong with me. It there's no reversing what's wrong with me right now. Maybe sometime in the future, if, if I'm still around, maybe they might be able to fix something. But right now, there's no way to fix what's wrong with me. It can only get worse. And, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow when you first hear that. But you know what? You can, you can kind of try to slow it down a little bit. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to slow it down a little bit. You know, part of the challenge here is your attitude, too. You got to have an attitude, a good attitude. What happened to you, it happened. It's in the past. Now, you had a choice. You can sit and cry about it. Everybody deserves a pity party. Don't get me wrong. You have every right to scream, stomp your feet, or in my case, your foot. (laughs) You have every reason to scream, stomp your feet, yell, yell out the window, yell into a pillow, punch something, not someone, but something, and cry. Cry like a baby. Cry until you can't cry anymore. Trust me. Get it out of your system. And when it's all done, when it's all done, when you have no tears left, when you have no voice left from screaming, sit back and relax and think to yourself, all right, I got that out. How can I make this? How can I make things a little bit? You're not going to make it better, but how can I make it tolerable? How can I make it somewhat easier to handle? I haven't, my, my attitude is like this. I can't, I can't cry no more. I can't be bitter anymore. I used to be real bitter. I can't be. I have to look at something to make me laugh. And I want to laugh. And I don't care who sees me laugh. You know what? I can find the stupidest things funny. I can find the weirdest things funny. I always tell people, if you can't find something about yourself to laugh at, call me and I'll come over and laugh at you. (laughs) Look. We have to laugh at ourselves. We have to laugh at the situation because after a while, what are you going to do? Cry the rest of your life? Nah, not me. And I don't want you crying either. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy that you survived whatever put you in this predicament. Think about it. Things could always be worse, my friend. I say this at the end of the podcast all the time, but I'm going to say it now. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's someone somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse. All right. Just remember, be happy. No matter what, just try and be happy. All right, let's move on here. I want to thank you for stopping by today. And I want to remind you. No one ever went blind by looking at things from the bright side. So give it a shot. 
I also want to remind you that an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So if you get a minute, check it out. And while you're tripping around the web, make sure to stop by famousapple.com forward slash group. That's our Facebook page called Living with a Disability. Stop by there, checking out. There's a lot of people chatting, a lot of people talking. Make some new friends, answer some questions, maybe ask a couple of questions. Either way, you'll have a good time over there. Also, while you're tripping around the web, stop by Erin Fernandez's page, that vegan disabled gal. That's famousapple.com forward slash that vegan disabled gal. Erin is our co-host on the Wednesday show, Vegan Possibilities. So make sure you check that out on Wednesdays. Erin has a lot to say about being a vegan. Me, I'm along for the ride. But you're going to enjoy that show also. It's every Wednesday, the Vegan Possibilities show with Erin Fernandez and me, Jimmy Apple. So make sure you check it out and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. All the websites that were mentioned in today's show will be in the show notes for this podcast. Talk to you soon, my friends. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.